0: On today's episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I'm speaking with Jessica Rhodes from Interview Connections because this lady just kept popping up all over my Facebook. Do you ever get that where suddenly someone just seems to be everywhere every time you go onto your phone? And what I came across with Jessica and her team is that they were delivering really great, valuable content about how to be a great guest. And obviously, this is a topic close to my heart because podcasting is so powerful. So welcome to the show, Jessica. I'm really pleased to have you
1: here. Anna, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, so we're going to be getting in today to talk about really how you strategize being a guest, how you make sure you get on the right shows, and all of the things that you can do to make sure that you give a great interview, because it isn't always plain sailing. So what would be really nice, Jessica, is if you shared a little bit about what your company does, what you do, how you fell into it, and really what you're doing with your business
1: now. Yeah, so my company, Interview Connections, was founded in 2013. I was a new mom. I wanted to be home with my baby who's now seven years old. And my my goal was just to be home, have a lifestyle business. So I started out as a virtual assistant and I was doing a variety of tasks. My dad was my first client. He's a business coach. So he showed me the world of entrepreneurship. And one of the things that he asked me to do for him as a VA was to book him for interviews on podcasts. And so that was my first kind of introduction to the world of podcasting. It was totally new to me. I had maybe like watched a yoga video podcast, but other than that, it was a totally new medium. And so I just started searching business podcasts and would just send, you know, emails to the host saying, this is who my dad, Jim Palmer said, this is who he is, this is what he's an expert in. My one sheet that I used for him, which is like a speaker sheet for for podcast guests, was on Microsoft Word. It was just a couple of text boxes with his bio and you know topics and questions. And I started getting them bookings and it was really, really exciting. And hosts were reaching out to me saying like, nobody else is sending me pitches. This is so cool. This is, is this what you do? And it never occurred to me as this, you know, crazy new business. It was just something that my dad had me doing for him, but nobody else was doing it. Like now you probably can't go two days without getting pitches in your inbox for people that want to be on your show. But back in 2013, hosts were delighted and surprised that I was sending them guests. And so over that summer of 2013, I thought about how I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't want to be sending invoices for the hours I was billing as a VA. I wanted to have a real business. So my dad helped me come up with the idea to really package what I was doing as a podcast booker and create interview connections. And, and seven years later, we're the leader in the industry. We're a you know, multiple million dollar company, 18 full-time employees. And we represent six plus bigger entrepreneurs that are leveraging interviews on other people's podcasts as a guest.
0: And that's quite a journey. And I love that. I love that whole thing of you know life had changed. You've got this baby at home. What do you do? And I think so many people, when they have young children, suddenly think, this is a bit of a wake-up call to how I want to live my life and can I do it on my terms? So I love that. And I love that, you know, from helping out a family member, you found your feet and found your way. And I think that's what I love about podcasts in particular is that those stories actually just speak to people, don't they? Yes. So 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 how often now do you make sure it's part of your strategy to get on other people's shows?
1: This is my fifth interview this week. This is a big podcast week for me. So a bare minimum of four interviews a month I do, and that's what we recommend to our clients too. So my goal is to be on a show at least once a week. And it tends to be a lot more than that because I have my booking agent and my staff pitching me to podcasts. And then I have people that reach out to me and ask me to be on their show. And then I also, you know, do interviews for people's like mastermind groups, sort of like private client communities will bring me in to speak to their community. And, and even if it's, I did one last week where, you know, my friend Stacy said, I have a mastermind, it's only four people, but they're all million dollar plus entrepreneurs. And I was like, yes, because when you have the ideal potential client, it doesn't matter if there's one, two, three or four of them or a hundred of them, you want to speak to your ideal potential target market. And that is what drives results. And that's why podcasting is so great. It's targeted audiences.
0: So this is something that when people really early on in their business think, oh, I want to get on a podcast. I'll have made it because I'll have done my first podcast interview. Sometimes they get that little bit wrong because they're so eager to get on a podcast. They're not necessarily thinking strategically about which podcast to go on. Is That's you're smiling at me and nodding a lot. So Tell me about <laughs> how you see that.
1: Yes, absolutely. Selecting and being strategic about the shows that you're going on is super important. And you have to know who your ideal client is. Like, you have to know what your goal is. If your goal is to get business, if you're working to get to six figures and you need clients, then you need to know who that ideal client is who needs what you have. Understanding their demographics, age range, business type, all of the demographic information, and then the psychographic like, what do they value? What are they interested in? Because Once we got really clear on our values and the psychographic of our ideal client, our business, you know, skyrocketed because we could really speak out about what we stand for, not just like, this is the service we provide, but also who, you know, my partner and I, Margie, we were co-owners. We really share our conviction and what we stand for and our values and beliefs. And that attracts leads who are like raving fans and want to work with us for more than just the service we provide. So that's part of the strategy is understanding the psychographic of your target market. So when you go on podcasts, you can be as effective as possible and going on shows where the host is an ideal partner for you, client for you, referral partner, because you don't always know who the listeners are. Hosts don't always know who the listeners are. You know, we see numbers on a screen for downloads, but we don't always know unless those listeners start reaching out, which is fantastic. But Looking at who the host is is the first step. If you see that host and you're like, I would love to have a relationship with them, they look like a great partner, those are the types of shows that you want to go on.
0: I talk about this all the time because in many ways, podcast interviewing is like networking on speed. You can connect with people in that maybe less than an hour. Certainly a lot of my interview, you know, we block an hour out, but it's rare that I would have an hour-long interview. But when else do you sit eyeball to eyeball with people who you can have a really great conversation with where you are both passionate about the field that you're in? When else does that happen? And there's kind of magic that happens in the room,
1: albeit online. Exactly. I I love podcast interviews for that reason. It is networking. That's what it is. We have a whole podcast episode about high end networking on podcasts because we go into it thinking, like, this is a media strategy. I'm going to get exposure. And yes, absolutely. But one of the strategies that, 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 one of the ways that podcast interviews gets you results and gets you business is by leveraging the networking opportunities that you get with the hosts of the show. They're the ones that you're actually having a back and forth conversation with. The listeners are, they're listening in, they're a fly on the wall, but you can't actually engage with them during the interview unless it's live. That's a whole other medium, but, The host is who you're actually networking with. And being aware about who you want to
0: pull into your field of influence, who you want to have as your peers, who you want to have as your associates, who you want to have that know about your podcast, your book, your program. Those things are really vital, aren't they? Oh, yes. So so someone who's then maybe right at the beginning of their journey... Maybe they've done a few episode, you know, a few podcast interviews. What are the mistakes you see, the common mistakes you see people making?
1: Yeah. So I mean, we talked already a lot about like being strategic and selective with the types of shows. So that's number one, a mistake people make is like they'll just go on anything and everything, which I do think there's a place for that when you're first getting started. You want to get some practice, you want to, you know, know how to speak. But after a few, you want to make sure you're being selective about the types of shows. And I don't mean being selective in terms of only going on really big podcasts, like really great shows for you may have 25 episodes with 75 listeners but they're your target market. So this is not about being selected with the size it's about being selected with the types of shows. Another big mistake people make is they're just not consistent enough. They'll do maybe an interview this month, maybe two the next month and then skip the next month. It's just not consistent. And I mean you said at the at the beginning of our conversation here you can't get me off the of Facebook feed. Like I'm out there, I don't go away in <laughs> the online space. And part of that is building out a whole marketing platform where I'm getting interviewed on podcasts. I'm running Facebook ads. I'm doing live videos. So, you know, know that podcast guesting is one part of an overall marketing platform. So don't think that this is going to replace everything else you're doing in your marketing.
0: I think that's a really good point there. I talk a lot about getting visible and how podcasting is one arm of that. Mm-hmm. But the reason the reason that Jessica's here today, because we've never met before, is because I've seen her videos. I've seen her adverts. I've seen her lead magnets. I've watched content that you've delivered. And I've understood exactly what you stand for because you talk about it all the time. So it's not like sometimes when people are thinking about doing live video, for example, they think, well, I've done a couple of videos and that's enough." An Enough. No, because in order for people to sit up, pay attention, take notice, and maybe even reach out to you, you've got to have got that message out there again and again. And podcasting just allows you to amplify that message.
1: Yes. I mean consistency is so important. It's something we talk about all the time because it cannot be, you know, stated enough when you are consistent people will start to take you note know, and it takes time, right? I would say buyers buy when they're ready to buy. That was a lesson I was talking by my dad when I first started. Buyers buy when they're ready to buy. So you have to be consistent and stick with it long-term because, you know, I, I had a couple of clients sign up just over the last couple of weeks who, you know, I had had consultations with a year ago, six months ago, they weren't ready. It was actually for one of them, it was a no. When we first had our call like six months ago, she's like, you're not the right fit for me. And then she's been watching my videos she's been seeing me online. And then she came back and she's just like, I, I get it. I I can see who you are now. I can see what you do and all of that stuff. And then she signed up like very sure of the investment. So You do need to keep putting out content, keep keep being visible, keep being active because sometimes people have their sales call with you the first time it's not a fit, but then they get enrolled as they're um, consuming your content.
0: That's the thing, isn't it? Having platforms where you can share your story, share your values, share exactly who you are and why you're doing it, why it matters and demonstrate that expertise. Personally, I think there's no better way to do it than through audio and through a podcast.
1: Yeah, because people really get to know your whole story, right? Like they can just—it's such a more in-depth conversation.
0: Yeah, and that—that that sense of resonating with somebody, whether you—you you get what they're talking about, and 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 you can picture the level of success that they have because of the way that they share it. So for people then who are thinking, okay, so I've maybe I've maybe identified some shows that I'd like to reach out to. Mm-hmm. What are some common pitfalls? that people fall into when they are then reaching out in the, in the first instances?
1: Yeah. So number one, one of the common pitfalls is just sending a, like kind of a templated scripted pitch that you send the same one to everyone. That's a big no-no because the littlest mistakes happen so much where you forget to change the name of the show when you email them. And then the, the host gets a pitch and it's like the wrong show name is in there, or it's completely like not customized at all. You know, you have to customize your pitch so you can demonstrate to the host that you've done your research. And there's actually a reason you want to be on their show, not just that you're trying to get on any and every show. So customizing the pitch and building a relationship. You know, we make a point to connect with hosts on social media, build a relationship. We have some of our employees will just, their job is to reach out to hosts and say, Hey, what kinds of guests do you like? Like before we even send a pitch, just asking, what do you like? How can we serve you? What can we do for you? Because hosts put so much time, effort, and money into producing interviews that feature other people. So the least you can do as a guest is first be of service to the host.
0: So obvious as a host when somebody has not listened to my show and yet they're asking for a, a spot on my show. They're asking me mm-hmm. to give not just that half hour or that hour of my time, but also access to tens of thousands of people when they haven't had the courtesy to listen to my show. And it does feel that way. Mm-hmm. And the difference, the difference when somebody writes to me and I already am sort of aware of their name, they followed me on social media, they've connected somehow, maybe they've been on a program... And then maybe they, they reach out and they tell me what they like about my show. And you know, when it's a genuine, you can tell when it's a genuine, I like this about your show. This particular thing really spoke to me as opposed to, hey, I've listened and straight in with the pitch. You can tell because it's even at that level, just in an email outreach, you know, when someone actually gets what you're doing, because like you say, podcast hosts spend a lot of time crafting
1: their work. Yes, absolutely. I mean, one lesson in business is sometimes you have to slow down to go fast. And I think that applies here. What I mean by that is sometimes you actually have to slow down your pitch process to kind of see where that host is hanging out online. Like, do they have a Facebook group or an online community? Do they have, you know, maybe they have a course that's 99 bucks, but they have a Facebook group in it. Like if you can make the littlest investment in them, learn about them, be in their community. Again, serve first, slow down, do that research, take those steps because If somebody pitches me to be on Rock the Podcast, our show, which typically we just have clients on, but I've had non-clients on who build a relationship with me, like join our Facebook group, like comment on videos. It's the littlest things that if you're a content creator, the people that always shoot your videos and comment, like they're miles ahead of somebody I've never heard of. And they you, remember to, you, know them. I mean? you remember them. You remember them, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm the same. I know. I know who's really an engaged person in my audience. You do know these things. And I think that that's true no matter how big your business gets. You know yeah. who are the people who are genuinely interested. Yep. So so then do you always recommend that someone pitch with a bio? Is that always important? with a media bio? I
1: think that when you're pitching podcasts, pitching the media, there's no one size fits all recommendation. I will say 99% of the time we are pitching with a one sheet. So the one sheet has the person's bio. It has suggested interview topics and suggested interview questions as well as contact information. And hosts tell time and time again, they love it because we're not saying like you have to interview on these topics. We're just saying, hey, here are some ideas for you. So the pitch, you know, the email or the message on social media, however you're like contacting and making that recommendation is more of like, hey, I understand your show's about this and these are your listeners. I can talk about XYZ, which is clearly a fit based off of what I know about your show. I've attached my one sheet so you can kind of see more information about, you know, me and my topics. Let me know if it's a fit. So that's kind of how I generally teach people how to pitch is like attaching more information, but keeping the actual email and message really customized to them and their audience.
0: What do you think have been maybe the horror stories you've heard about people going on as a podcast guest for the first time and it not really working out for them? Because people people just getting started, do you really worry about the tech or the background noise? Tell me about things you've heard about. I'm sure you've got loads of stories.
1: Yeah. I mean, one is just being like letting your nerves get the best of you because this is audio only. I mean, I know a lot of posts nowadays are like publishing the video, but most people still just listen to the audio only version. So they don't have your facial expressions, your head nods, and all of that, your smile. So some people get really nervous at first and like they talk very monotone. Like it's, you have to. I used to do theater as a kid. So, and I've always just been like a very like extroverted outgoing person. So it comes more naturally to me. But if that's not you, you really need to do some work maybe with a speaker coach Improv lessons are great because they're so fun and it teaches you a lot about how to think on your feet. Because hosts will ask you questions you didn't expect and it should all be questions like I've never been caught off guard with a question because it's you know these are not gotcha, this is not gotcha journalism, but you do need to be able to think on your feet and you need to be able to be engaging. So that's kind of one pitfall is people kind of get let their nerves get the best of them. And then the other one is like going in the opposite direction and just promoting way too much, like talking about what they sell and talking about their book, every other answer. I remember this one. You, I listened to like every single answer. She's like, "Well, in chapter four of my book," and I was just like, "Oh my Switches god!" You off. It you could tell the host was like so over it, and as the listener, it was like, "God, huh, you know," it just shows a lack of confidence in your content. If you think you need to tell people about your product, when you give content, you give great information. People will seek you out.
0: <laughs> in the early days of podcasting, someone that I interviewed actually sat and read out their price list in the interview. Oh, which, don't um, do that. <laughs> It, it didn't get aired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> say That's that. the other
1: thing. Your host will not air your interview if it's really bad. Like you, that is a possibility. So you really need to do your best. And it's a pitch-free zone. Your call to action has to be free, if anything. Like you cannot... You cannot sell on
0: someone's podcast. I think it's about being open to having a conversation because, for me, the interviews I love listening to the most are where it feels like it's flowing. It feels like you know, there's that outside element. We don't quite know where it's going, but because that's that's real conversation. And I've come across I've come across people uh, interviewers who literally ask question off their sheet after question off their sheet, regardless of what the interviewee is saying. Yeah. I find that really challenging to listen to as well.
1: Those are challenging to do as a guest. I, I was on a show, two of my interviews this week were more question and answer than conversation. Like this is my favorite kind of interview where it's just very back and forth. And, but the interviews where it's clearly like next question on the one sheet, I'm like, you kind of feel like you have to get the best soundbite answers so those are a little bit more challenging but you do get a whole mix so when you are going on podcasts as a guest you have to know that every show is going to be different And you kind of again going back to that like improv lesson you just have to be able to think on your feet and kind of adapt to that show style.
0: So there's two other things on, on that show style that I want to talk about. Is The first is that I've also had it where I've asked guests a question. This is quite rare because people I tend to have on now are very experienced. I've asked them a question and then I get a, a one or two word answer and it's very closed. And, but that's challenging as a host because we want the conversation to spark and fly. And it's having the confidence in your own expertise to take that question and run with it think about what is it the audience want to hear what is it the host really wants me to open up to in terms of this interview and actually Mm -hmm. having the confidence in your own expertise to drive that part of the conversation and not expecting everything from the person interviewing you yeah absolutely (laughs) and there was another part another thing I was going to say which was great and it's gone so hopefully that will come back
1: (laughs) no I, I got you I got you so that is really really important Your answers cannot be super short. That is a killer for podcast interviews, especially when the host wants to be a little conversational, but even not so. If your answers are super short to fill up a 30 minute interview, the host is going to need like 25 questions, you know, and it makes it really like super hard to go back and forth. So you want your answer to be long enough, but you also have to be listening to yourself and being self aware enough to take pauses so that way the host can jump in or. So the host can nod along and then you can keep talking, but don't just ramble on and on Yes. And on. So
0: that was going to be, that was my second point. So well Perfect. done, Jessica. So you've got, got us back to on. the point. There <laughs> is There is nothing worse as a host when someone comes onto your show who goes off on one and literally you've barely said a word, you've barely asked a question and they're off. Now, in the early days of being a guest, that was a challenge for me because I can talk I like talking. I have an interesting story. I want to get my value out there. I want to help people. But ultimately, I'm of little use to that host if I cannot rein it in and realize when I have to pull back on my story to allow the host let things unfold as well. I'm sure that's something you've come across.
1: Yeah, and this is why, I mean, I, I'll even give the tip to people, meditate, right? Like, and I, I, that's, I was meditating to one of your Insight Timer Meditations I mean, that like exercise of the brain helps you be in the present moment. So you can actually be aware of what you're saying and have your brain say, I'm going to stop talking now. It's their turn. (laughs) Like mindfulness and meditation is actually a really, really helpful thing for podcasting and guest podcasting, because you have to be able to be present in the conversation. You have to be able to listen to yourself and the other person So it can be a good back and forth. So what Jessica's
0: referring to there is that, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, I have a whole host of meditations and visualizations available on Insight Timer, which is an amazing, amazing app where many of those meditations are for free, some are on subscription. And when I was recently taking part in a challenge that Jessica and her team were running, one of her team kind of said, I recognize that name, I recognize your name. And she'd listened to one of my Insight Timer meditations that morning. So guys, uh, Jessica is outing me. They are all out. I don't know why I've never talked about those. They've not been up there that long. And so it was kind of funny that I was doing this challenge. They'd literally just been put up there by my VA Oh my weird gosh. but that's, that's the thing that's awesome. if you get yourself into different platforms into different places you never know who's going to find you and so automatically because your team has said oh my goodness I've consumed your content I'm then more attracted to being involved in your conversation in your challenge because it felt like there's a connection to whatever we're building or whatever we're talking about
1: it's really interesting I totally totally love that because we like we tell people like share your story, share your values. Like this is the study of graphic. Like like when we first kind of connected and direct messenger on Facebook, you know, you start to like, get to know people by what you know, like, okay, she has a podcast. She's into podcasting, like entrepreneurship. But then I learned that you have meditation. And then instantly there was this much deeper connection because we share the value of mindfulness meditation, right? And seeing you have a you know, uh, mindfulness for parents. I'm like, okay, she's a mom and she's like helping us be less crazy with our kids. Like it just deepens the connection. So really share all sides of you. um, And that's one of the the values and like the benefits of this platform is people do get to know all sides of you.
0: Yeah, and I just want to share with those of you listening, Jessica and I both have young children running around outside, outside our doors. And so even as experienced in podcasters, we come into the sessions and gone, you know what, the kids are home today. Is this a problem? Will this work for you? This is my scenario. And I remember at the beginning of my podcasting journey, I would have been mortified to say that to somebody because they would think I'm not professional. Right. And I think to some extent, lockdown, we're still in lockdown whenever this is going yeah. out and you're listening to this. To some extent, that has kind of evened things up for people. But don't be afraid to be a human being. Don't be afraid to be a normal person. Things like the dogs barking, the postman knocking at the door. Yes, they're annoying, but they're, sometimes they're outside your control. So don't be overly worried about those things.
1: Style it out
0: in showbiz language.
1: (laughs) I love that. Yeah, there's, I mean, as humans, we have a fear of looking bad, right? We want to look good. We want to be professional. I know that's one of my fears. I don't want to look bad, all that. And that's just the human experience Um, and podcasting and building relationships this way really allows you to humanize yourself. It allows you to see other people the human they are and not just the face on the Facebook page, you know. I, so I think it's really beautiful to for people to have this ability to be connected and see people for more than just like whatever their business is. So
0: tell us a little bit about the impact that getting on other people's podcasts has had for you personally and what you've seen for your clients.
1: I mean, it's been like everything. I mean, it it is the way that I have been able to network so effectively um, from going to conferences and meeting people. I mean, one of the most recent conferences I went to was Allie Brown's iconic event this past fall and, you know, walked in day one in the morning and a woman named Myoshia sat down, you know, at the table with us. And she goes, I just listened to your podcast interview on Allie's show. And so, the ice was broken because she already heard my interview and we could just dive into a conversation without being like, who are you, you know? So that's been great because again, I mean, right now it does kind of have to replace in-person networking, but ultimately when we are able to go to conferences and, and be in person, it optimizes those experiences because, and that's just one example, multiple times I've gone to conferences where people already know me because of the podcast interviews that I've done, either my show or other people's show. And then as far as like, return on investment. I mean, it is just such an effective way to get leads, And when you do it consistently, and I'm just going to say conservatively, if you're on a show every week that has 200 downloads per episode, that's like in the top 50%, you know, two, four, six, eight hundred 800 a month, new people that are learning about you. I mean, that's crazy. Amazing. You know, I, I feel like all day entrepreneurs are like, how do I get more visibility? How do I get more people to know about me? The this is the way. Is right in front of you. Go on podcasts, and you're going to have people learn, know about you every single week. It's just a no brainer. See, and I'm then not... what you do with those leads is convert them into clients for thousands of dollars. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. You do have to, in
0: order to get a return on investment, you have to have an offer that people are actually going to want to pay for. So though this isn't, you go on podcasts and you're automatically going to make money. That's right. that's not what we're teaching. That's not what we're saying. You've got to have a business offer that works that converts. But yes. you know, instead of thinking well how's anyone going to get my lead magnet without me paying hundreds of pounds on Facebook ads? Well, hello. This is a platform that you can do it on. And I'm not the only one singing from that hymn sheet.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, you do have to have a sound business. Like that that's important. You need to have product, service that is in demand, that's priced according to, you know, uh, priced well, all of that. Like you have to have all of that. But as far as like, if you have all that and you know, you just need exposure, this is such a great way to do it. And, you know, we talked, like we've mentioned Facebook ads a little bit. When you go on podcasts, People learn about you. They go to your website. If you're doing Facebook as well, you're retargeting everyone who's going to your website. That's when it really,
0: you know, Gross. multiplies. Mm, amazing. Oh, I've loved having this conversation today. So Jessica, if you were to give someone
1: advice on how to increase their visibility through podcasting, what would it be? Honestly, just get started. I would say the tangible first step is to create a one sheet. So go to canva.com, choose a template for like, a, you know, like a regular template, like uh, eight and a half by 11, <laughs> you know, I don't know what to call it, but just like a one sheet, one, one page PDF and get your bio on there get some suggested interview topics, and some suggested interview questions. I have an episode on my podcast, the Podcast, all about how to create your interview topics and questions. So I can send you the link to that if that's helpful. And just create your one sheet. Once you actually create that, like there's something about doing stuff like that, that that will start attracting opportunities because you have taken a step towards getting it. Now, Now you have to actually use that one sheet and pitch yourself. But I would say like you have just create that one sheet and start putting it out there that you want to get interviews. Like you'll start getting incoming across coming your way. So just take that first step, create your one sheet.
0: I think it's a valuable exercise because just in doing that, creating that one sheet, you're thinking about what are the topics I actually want to speak about to the people I want to speak about for what impact. Mm -hmm. And when you're really clear on that, it becomes pitching to be on her show so much easier. A brilliant advice. I have loved talking to you today, Jessica. So thank you so much. And I want those of you listening, If you want to know more about Jessica and the work she does with Interview Connections, head over to Rock the Podcast. Um, We're going to make sure the link is in the show notes as well. But thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Anna. It was so fun. All right. Take care, guys. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.